0: Bottle episode is a spirited podcast about spiritus libations. Those under their country's legal drinking age should turn off this podcast and go do their homework.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to Bottle Episode, the professional bartender's guide for the cocktail enthusiast. I am Lan Tolleson. I'm a professional bartender.
0: And I'm Elise. I'm a cocktail enthusiast.
1: And boy, howdy, do we have a fun guest today. I met this guy at Old Glory towards the start of my bartending career. Old Glory is a bar in Nashville. Uh, He came on as a bar back and immediately started crushing it. And eventually he moved up to bartender uh, and crushed it there, too. Uh, now, unlike a lot of guests we'll have on this show who started bartending kind of as a side gig, only to find out that they had kind of found their calling, bartending really was a side gig for him, and he was uh, he was a bit between jobs. And now he's doing some pretty cool stuff these days as one third of the country group Restless Road. You know him. You love him. It's Zach Beacon, everybody.
2: <laughs> hey, y'all. Thank you so much for the warm introduction. I'm so happy to be here with y'all.
1: Hey man, we're happy to have you. It's been way too long since we've seen each other in person. Uh, missed each other the last time we were in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, let's talk about well, let's talk about uh, really briefly, kind of where what brought you to Old Glory and what brought you to like cocktails for for the brief time. And let's talk about you know how how you've been how you've been continuing that on since then.
2: Sure. Yeah. uh, Old Glory was a bar that I had known about in Nashville. I moved there in 2016 and I was doing music predominantly 2016, 17. And towards the end of 2018, my band broke up. So I was kind of like at a point in my life where I'd only done music and basically everything I'd been working on had fallen apart. And I realized I was 23, no college education, no, no way of making money. So I was just like, What the hell? I'll just go up to my favorite bar and see what happens. And guys, my resume, I remember working on my resume with my friends. It was so pitiful because, like I said, I'd only been doing music. I hadn't had any real jobs. So I remember I walked in with my resume and Emily, the manager, uh, she, uh, shout out, Emily, I love you. Uh, (laughs) She, uh, you know, sat down with my resume and she was, you know, kind of squinting her eyes. And I just knew in my gut, I was like, there's nothing on this resume (laughs) that is going to get me a job. And uh, I just honestly, I told her, I was like, listen, Emily, I, I'm just starting out. This is all so brand new to me. I mean, I literally have no experience, but I promise you this. I'm going to work hard, learn fast and shut up. And that's, that's, that was it. She's like, perfect wear black and be here on Friday. <laughs> I seriously can't lie, guys. I, I'm just, I wasn't a big drinker. You know, I drink socially for fun, but I, I wasn't in a cocktail enthusiast at all. I wasn't, uh, I, I didn't know the difference between scotch and whiskey. Uh, you know, I, I didn't, I barely knew anything. So it was just, for me, it was just like a completely foreign world. But uh, I, what I realized along the way is how similar it was for me, at least. I saw so many parallels to the music industry. And, and, yeah, and absolutely. It was really cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like, I come from a music background as well. And, and like, that's really what drew me to it in the first place was like, Oh, being able to be creative and also make money, uh, in a, in a space where, like I was just feeling more inspired as a bartender than I really ever had as, as a musician. And, uh, you, you learned really, really quickly and like Pretty pretty early on, you were already bartending and 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 killing it. Uh, I remember making a cocktail with you uh, at my like at my apartment in Nashville to submit for the Old Glory rem- uh, menu. Do you remember that?
2: Absolutely. How could I forget the, <laughs> the spice to meet you was the original name, but it got yeah. altered to the pumpkin spice latte drink. And now the manager is the owner. They said. You know, they gave us the mission to uh to think of cocktails for the fall menu, and I thought, hey, let's just if it's gonna be a fall menu, let's go full out white girl here. Let's go for the this most Starbucks UGGs wearing thing we can do, pumpkin. Yeah, and, uh, I'm proud of what we did. It was I'm not not kidding you. It was a bitch to make. It was probably my least favorite drink to make, <laughs> especially especially on the fly, especially when it was a busy night. There was so many. The pumpkin puree uh, was yeah. a nightmare to deal with.
1: Yeah, I think, and and the we just so happened to have at that time. Elise had, mm-hmm. uh, you had made like some pumpkin puree from actual oh, pumpkin.
0: Yeah, I roasted pump that. Okay, was that the? Yeah, 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 yeah. I roasted pumpkins and made pumpkin puree the old-fashioned way, not out of a can.
1: And it was like it was pumpkin. much.
0: <laughs> There were bags and bags. You can get so much pumpkin puree out of one small pumpkin. It's wild.
1: Yeah, it's pretty wild. And we just had like bags of it in the freezer.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: you were talking about this drink. And I was like, I've got so much pumpkin puree at home. (laughs) Like, let's let's make a drink. Uh, and we, I actually used, uh, I actually used something that we did in that drink in a drink that's on the menu right now with the Roosevelt room. Uh, and that is the graham cracker infusion. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I'm did same the same technique cracker
2: rim or the cinnamon, the cinnamon syrup. No, we like, uh,
1: if oh, remember, yeah, we, you remember, we, we actually you, just like pour, put graham cracker in like rum,
2: the rum, the, yeah.
1: And, and is. just like. I call it an infusion, but basically you're just like dissolving graham cracker in the, in the liquor and it's delicious. And we did it with bourbon. Uh, I oh, made a oh, a graham cracker good. infused bourbon for this, for this drink on the menu at Roosevelt room right now. If you're at the Roosevelt room uh, for the fall winter, uh, we're going to change it in the spring, but if you're at the Roosevelt room in the winter of spring or uh, in the winter of 2022, come by and get the cash and checks. That's me. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I remember that. And the, the pumpkin puree that we used that was homemade was like much softer and like less like congealed, but the canned pumpkin puree that we used at, at Old Glory was like much harder to deal with.
2: You know, I need to dig up that recipe. I got to make sure I still have the, the specs for it because I'd love to make that again.
1: Yeah. I, I remember it being really, really delicious. Yeah.
2: But uh, yeah, I mean, I was so excited about making that drink with you and learning from all the bartenders at uh, Old Glory and You know, from day one, my experience was just kind of zero to 100. Like I said, I started on a Friday night, no experience. And you know how Old Glory gets, you know, mm-hmm. at 9, 11, 12 p.m., it, uh, it, gets, it gets pretty wild. So uh, I just remember getting through that first night, getting in my car and just, just screaming, going...
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a rush, it. man. I was uh, like,
2: wow, I, I literally got through it. And, you know, I remember we had a, another co-worker. Uh, his name was Wiley. And yeah. love him to death. But he was definitely the bad <laughs> He was definitely the bad cop.
1: That's, uh, because I think he, he was prides on himself pain. in being that. Yeah, um, I
2: mean, honestly, when I think about all the people in life who've really gotten under my skin, he's one of the top people who, uh, <laughs> who really, I mean, but honestly, that it did motivate me to, to get better and get my, my stuff together so that I, honestly I could prove to him and prove to myself like, hey, I, I can do this. Yeah, And um, that's part of my mentality. But part of, of why I was so enthusiastic about learning and becoming a bartender was A, obviously the money. Hello, it's way better when you're a bartender. Oh, yeah. And and, and and for what I was wanting to accomplish living in Nashville, still having a passion for music, I wanted to be able to have time away from my job where I could focus and think about that. And so if I could get away with working just the weekends, you know, or just fewer days a week by bartending, that's where I had to get to. So I was really motivated just by alone by that fact. And then the second thing I was motivated by uh, was honestly, guys, it, it was the women. I you know <laughs> there was some good looking folks at, who worked at Old Glory, uh, you know, Nick, uh, was a was a really good looking guy. Me and him hit it off, and Will and they had so much charisma, and they were such amazing bartenders. And they, you know, Old Glory brought in a lot of beautiful people, and they would <laughs> always. I would always see them being able to be front and center, talking to all the girls and so just everybody having fun. You know, when you're the bar back, you're kind of you're you're not talking. You're you're just keeping your head down and and busting. You know, and so when I saw them being, you know get to kind of show off their personalities and stuff. I was like, that's where I got to get to. So, yeah, honestly, though, I I couldn't have done it at the speed I did it without, you know, everybody's willingness to really just help me. Like, you were definitely, you know, by far the most just we, you just helped me. You took me under your wing. That's why I call you my
1: sensei. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do do that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was just like, it was kind of a no-brainer to just like teach to teach you as much as we possibly could because you were so like humble and willing to learn which I which I really really have always admired about you um so it's it's been cool to watch you like it was cool to watch you like learn and grow as a bartender uh and it's been cool to see all the stuff that you've been doing uh these days too uh yeah man uh so we're talking uh partially today, about the old-fashioned. That was the one you wanted to talk, talk about. Uh, and tell me a little bit why you wanted to, to talk about the old-fashioned today. So
2: basically, going into the job, having no knowledge of any cocktail except for maybe a margarita. Uh, you know, I got to learn some of the other classic staple drinks, especially in their, like, their, their spirit category. And, and as far as whiskey went, whiskey was a, a liquor I, I felt like I could drink. Uh, and obviously the old fashioned is just that staple whiskey cocktail and it's kind of one of the simplest and it's the, one of the ones I made the most. It was one of the, when people say, Hey, what's your most favorite drink to make? Uh, the answer for me is always usually the one that's the quickest and easiest. So I don't have to get by.
1: <laughs> my answer is but, always, uh, my favorite drink to make is the one I'm about to drink.
2: Yeah, there you go. That's even better. <laughs> hey, i might have to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yes, it just the old fashioned for me has always been old reliable. It's just always there. It's always great. And you know what I've come to realize after making so many, I I got to the point where I'd make an old fashioned and be like, this is it. This is so refreshing. And when I would go out with my friends to a different bar, I'm telling you, it is so hit or miss with old fashions. Mm -hmm. And I'm just it frustrates me because I'm like, this has to be one of the easiest things to make.
1: Well, uh, I mean, let's let's talk about like what the building blocks pop quiz, Elise, cocktail enthusiast. Uh what are the building blocks of oh an old fashioned?
0: Uh there's obviously whiskey. Mm-hmm. Got that one for free. Yeah. Uh there's bitters uh-huh. because I saw you pour that in the glass first. Uh-huh. And th- is there a little bit of simple? Yep. A just simple? a little bit of sugar. And an ice cube. Yep. Right? yep. Is there anything else? Am I missing uh, anything?
1: Nope. You're not missing anything. That wow. is it. Uh it's I mean great. an an orange you peel. Impressed.
2: Orange peel yeah. is what sets it off, though. If yeah. it doesn't have that yeah. orange, I'm telling you, that's one of my favorite things, actually, I learned about cocktails in general was the power of the garnish. Absolutely. And just the fact that not only, yes, is it visually stimulating, and yes, you do drink things with your eyes before your mouth, but you the next thing is you, you, you drink it with your eyes when you look at it, and then when you pick it up and you bring it to your face, then you drink it with your nose. Because mm-hmm. that's the first thing when you put it up to your mouth, you, you get that, that the orange hits you and it just sets you up for this perfect drink.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's wild, uh, especially with cocktails as simple as the old fashioned. Uh, we've talked about the martini recently as well. And the, these drinks that, that don't have that many ingredients, that like expression of the, of the citrus oils really does just tie the drink all together. Uh, you know, and it doesn't feel quite complete without it. Um, And yeah, the, the old fashioned is, is a great example of that. Um, and you know, some people like, uh, there are lots of different ways you can make an old fashioned, you know, there's, there's the original way, which is, uh, bitters, sugar, uh, liquor and water, uh, in the form of ice. And that's like the building blocks of all cocktails that have Mm -hmm. come since the old fashioned. Uh, but and I don't know if you know this part about it, but the reason it's called the old-fashioned is that, you know, as bartenders do, they take, you know, they're, they're like, oh, this is a cool recipe, but what if I change this thing? Or what if I change that thing? And people started to get so tired of bartenders putting their spin on the original cocktail that they were like, I don't want any of this fancy bullshit. I want the old-fashioned that, that you made like five years ago. Give me that. Just put it in my glass. That's what I want. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Uh, let's get back to basics folks. Uh, and so that's, that's why it's called that. And I think the first place it was, uh, actually on a menu as the old fashioned is, is either, I think it's Lexington, Kentucky, but it might've been Louisville. I'm not sure. Um, that's not important. Uh, but yeah, it's, and it is so like, there are lots of different ways to drink an old fashioned, you know, there's again, that original way, uh, the way that you and I both enjoy it, uh, Zach, uh, the way you enjoy it as well. When you drink an old fashioned, at (laughs) least. Yeah. Uh, I'm honestly, to be honest,
0: I'm not a huge old fashioned person, but I am drinking one right now and I am enjoying it. Honestly, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, Hmm, do I like this? And I'm like, yeah, no, it's, it's good. And I feel like it is kind of good to like, it does kind of feel like a, like restart. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like a solid little situation. Great way to start
2: your evening. I
1: feel like. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and then there's, you know, uh, with Prohibition, because this drink very much predates Prohibition, with Prohibition, liquor quality got worse. So that's when they started muddling the oranges and the cherries uh, to sweeten it up to cover up the taste of the bad booze. And some people still really enjoy their old fashions that way, but I, f- I find it less and less prevalent. Although people do often still ask for cherries as a garnish because the, the like, Good Luxardo maraschino Mm -hmm. cherries are just so tasty.
0: Yeah, but I would definitely ask for cherries. I think if
1: I see those
2: bright red cherries, I know right away this it's not legit.
1: Oh yeah, you're not you're not gonna have a good time uh, with those with those bright red cherries. You're just you're just drinking syrup at that point. Yeah, one of
2: the most upsetting things that could
1: happen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, and the thing is, they usually have the those bright red cherries like out on like in the like garnish. Uh, bins. And so you can kind of see them and know ahead of time, like, oh, this isn't the place I want to order an old fashioned. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. And, you know, to play off what you said, it is one of those drinks where it's like, yes, just le- let's let go with the basics. But as far as like, you know, using creativity, you know, it it's definitely fun to play around with that with that formula, you know, to switch up the syrup. Now we're doing like a lavender old fashioned or or whatever it is. It's yeah. it's fun Ooh. to play the, the Awaken old fashioned. You know, I love mezcal with something yeah. I didn't even. Know, I had zero idea of the existence of it. I didn't know what it was, and that was the favorite shot for all the employees uh-huh. to take it. The story, oh yeah, you know, whenever that that ten o'clock feeling hit, boom, we had we had uh, what was it, Banez Mez, Mezcal? Yeah,
1: Banez Mezcal.
2: And so I definitely acquired a taste for it. And yeah, you can. There's so many spins on the Old fashioned
1: Yeah, well, and that's the like that's a a great tip actually, uh, Zach for, for young bartenders is like, you know, you start with a base cocktail recipe and there's nothing simpler than the old fashioned. There's nothing more basic than the traditional old fashioned build. Uh, and then from there you can, you know, you can change the bitters you use. You can change the syrup you can, you you use, you might, instead of using simple syrup, you might want to use, uh an amaro to sweeten it up and and add a little bit of depth to it. Um you can do so many different things. You can use stuff other than whiskey. You know, there's nothing in the rules that says an old fashioned has to be whiskey. Uh a mezcal old fashioned the Oaxaca old fashioned is is a uh which is typically reposado tequila and mezcal but like a mezcal old fashioned uh I personally really enjoy like a nice rum old fashioned as well. Uh I'm I'm a big fan of rum, though. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: making a lavender old fashioned sounds sounds yeah. really delicious. Yeah. Like you, a little simple. Yeah, it I mean, spring really
1: is good. right around the corner. Yummy. Uh, yeah, spring <laughs> is right around the corner. You can make like a nice fresh, like, lavender syrup. Not not too hard. You just boil yeah. the the lavender with the sugar and uh, water as you're making your your simple syrup, and bada bing, bada boom, you got yep. yourself a
0: boom lavender old fashioned. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> you know, I was thinking earlier, I said, uh, you know, when I came to work at the bar and I, I really went all in, you know, bartending was my life for, you know, I think about a year I worked there exactly. Mm-hmm. And I felt so many parallels to music. And it's, it became a brand new envir- environment for me to explore. But at the same time, I felt, I felt very much in, g- in good company and around people that I don't know like everybody could be themselves everybody especially at old glory i feel like it was encouraged to have individuality Mm -hmm. and that was something that really drew me to it i felt like when i was there as long as i was working hard and doing my job i could completely express myself you know and that's that's how you want to feel being a performer too you want to you know the bar is the same thing as the stage the the people Mm -hmm. they come to you they're watching you your your entertainment you're, and I always thought of this when I was bartending. Um, you know, I realized how much goes into making great t- cocktails, but at the same time, how little, go, how little it really is. It's like, if you, if you juice something fresh, if you make your own syrup and you use a decent liquor, and most importantly, you got good ice. I, <laughs> I, I never knew how important. good ice. I, ice was, especially in your home setup. Ice is everything. But really, when you just put those few things together and you have, you know, a balanced measurement between it, anybody could make the same drink. So then what is it that makes you stand out? What is it that makes your bar better? And that's really, I think, where, that, where the bartender comes in. It's got to be somebody who, who knows how to perform just like a singer on the stage does. And I, always, I, I still think this way now. Uh, I've gone back to performing, and I was just able to, to go on a tour with my band and really soak it in every night. And I feel the same way about it now. That i do about bartending where i feel like when we're on the stage or when i'm behind the bar i'm still in the service industry when i'm on stage we're serving the people what what they want and i always felt like if they want to be happy we play the happy song or if they want to be you know if they want to have fun with their girlfriends you make them the you get them the fun shot to take if they're if they're trying to get in their feels and stick to their themselves you know you play that slow song you play that introspective song or you make them that that whatever stiff boozy drink that they can just sip on and reflect. It's like whatever, I just feel like there's so many parallels and that's what I think what really made me so excited about coming to work and learning more. And, uh, yeah, it's like, and I just see so many things about it that I love in music and performing on stage.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I think that's, I think that's such a great, a great point. You know, Mm -hmm. you, it is something that is inherent about, and I think this is part of what makes you such a good performer, uh, is, Your empathy and the fact that you notice not only what people are asking for, but like based on people's body language and the way that they're being, you know what they need. Uh, And I think that's that's a really really important quality in uh, both a performer and a bartender. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you are kind of under that under that like spotlight. And at Roosevelt Room, we actually literally have spotlights on our (laughs) wells. Uh, And but you also it's so important to remember. Uh, both in a band and as a part of a, a bartending team, that you are not the star of the show. You know, you're you're an ensemble cast. Uh, you're all working together to create mm-hmm. this beautiful experience. Honestly,
0: it's so funny because I'm, I'm going to jump into this metaphor right here yes, please. too. Because like I I'm I have a music industry background, but I've always been on the business side. Um, and right now I'm working as a host at Roosevelt Room. And so it is very funny to see like, at, from that perspective, like managing like the flow of things or like how people experience it, um, and then also like you know putting on events or whatever, like it's like a very similar um, kind like of you're using end, the
2: same muscle end like. product. <laughs> like it's
0: very fun, and even just like land hearing like what you like to do, like it, it feels very um, similar um, if you're on like the more like behind the scenes organizational production side or whatever um like it has a, a very similar feeling to me too yeah. uh so just like hospitality and performance and vice versa is is uh, very yeah. cool
1: and it, it all kind of boils down to the same thing because i mean like to, to zach's point like you can teach anybody to make a drink it's not that hard at the end of the day uh if you're if you have the right tools and are using the right you know stuff But the way that you can make someone feel at a bar Mm -hmm. is the thing that really draws me to it. Uh, The reason I feel like these two things, music and bartending, go so hand in hand and feel so similar is that, like, I know for myself, I don't really, I don't think I care what I'm doing as long as I'm making something for someone else. Uh, And making something to make someone else, like, makes their day better
2: exactly and uh, yeah i just always felt like when i was behind the bar i always told myself once i got to that point where i knew how to make the drinks you know i knew how to be a good teammate at that point it's just like i'm here to facilitate i would call myself a a facilitator (laughs) whatever whatever you know patron walked through the door whatever vibe it was it was about figuring out how to best serve that and and facilitate whatever kind of night they wanted
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I think that that's a good place to to take a quick little break, uh, get ourselves another round, and then we'll, uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, you know uh, some some things about you know TV tying that in still and uh, mm-hmm. answering some questions from people who will hopefully eventually be listeners, seeing as as <laughs> they are my friends. Uh, and uh, I, I do want to I do want to do a little bit of also checking in on your on your home bartending career seeing how you're doing about that because this is a bar this is a podcast for for home bartenders and i want people to you know get that perspective as well so i was really glad that you were able to come on uh but we'll take a quick little break and uh then i'll quiz you on all that all right we'll be right back And we're back. Uh, got a got a fresh old-fashioned in our glasses. Uh, Zach, what are you drinking?
2: Yeah, so I actually uh, looked around my home bar, which is very depleted. I've been on the road for about six months, so I'll, I'll have to get that figured out this week. But I did manage to find everything for an old-fashioned, except for what I'd mentioned earlier being the most important part, the, the orange, orange. peel. So missing that, but... uh. I, I actually have a ton of, of liquor back there and a ton of bourbon. And I grabbed this bottle. I think it was gifted to my roommate. He's not here, so we won't tell him. But uh, I won't publish this part for sure. Lane, but... you're not going to believe this. It actually is Peg Leg Porker. It's hand-selected by pitmaster master Kerry Brinkle. It is finished with their unique hickory charcoal filtering process, giving it the signature Peg Leg Porker taste.
1: <laughs> okay, so it is named after the, bar- the barbecue spot yeah. in Nashville.
2: Yeah, he lost his leg to bone cancer and has built the Pegleg Porker brand to show his zest for life, sense of humor, and love of great food and spirits.
0: That's awesome. That's that's, we'll that's, get, that. that's we'll so cool.
2: can't get more Nashville than
1: that. You really can't get more Nashville than that. The, I mean, Peg Leg Porker is probably the best barbecue spot in Nashville. Unless, oh, you you got it. you you think that them's fighting words? I don't know though. I'm, I'm actually not
2: an expert. Well, there's this guy around the corner from me. He just kind of sets up a thing in front of his house. It's called ProMac ProMac okay, well, Barbecue. Yeah. And uh, I love I love hidden gems like that, you know. Yeah,
1: that I mean, well, that sounds m- more legit than anything. Mm-hmm. That's
2: one mm-hmm. of the beauties of East Nashville.
1: Yeah, nice. there's a. We're actually drinking Tennessee whiskey right now as well. We're drinking uh, Dickel bottled and bond uh, whiskey right now, and it is my favorite new product. I feel I think mm-hmm. they released it in 2021, and it's. For for the price, one of the best bottles of whiskey I think you can find in terms of American whiskey, bourbon or otherwise. So, highly recommend everybody go check it out.
0: Mm-hmm. It's delicious.
1: Uh, so let's talk. I mean, we haven't we I, I mentioned at the top of this that we had not uh, that I hadn't done a check in on on your you know your bartending progress in a while. So I know you aren't bartending professionally anymore, but uh, you still make cocktails at home, right?
2: Well, you know, it is a little bit of the case of use it or lose it. Uh, You know, so much of my signature, you know, you get to the point when you have bartended for long enough that you kind of have twists on things, your own personal things. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of forgotten some of those. So I think I lost lost my notebook. And uh, so honestly, I did lose a lot of that. But uh, yeah, the weird thing about me before working at the bar and even still after, I am not a big drinker honestly I'm, I'm never really I'm never really, really thinking about it uh but I think after this podcast I'm, I'm probably going to be re-inspired
0: is there anything that when people come over you specifically like to do that's just like actually I was once a professional bartender and welcome to my home
2: um okay here's one of my favorites uh if it's for when you have a group of people and it's it's fun it's just okay. a fun the fun shot and it worked every time at the bar. It works. It's just so fun. So you get you get half and half, and you get liquor forty three, <laughs> and you, uh, you you shake that up, and you make shots out of it. And it's just I think it's one to one, and uh, it tastes exactly like a vanilla ice cream cone from McDonald's, and that is a novelty taste because their ice cream machines are broken. Almost every day. So
1: (laughs) you can't get that flavor at McDonald's.
0: No, not even (laughs) McDonald's has the iconic flavor of McDonald's ice cream cones.
1: Yeah, you know,
2: but but sometimes, you know, I've 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 used the knowledge from the bar in my life after, uh, you know, to, you know, impress, you know, some important people or to give gifts. You know, Mm. one of the people I work with now uh, at our record label, she used to come into the bar and take meetings and stuff. And I would be the bartender and she had a drink uh, that we would serve called the birdie. And I think she liked, it was either a gin or vodka, but she preferred vodka. And I I think it was, yeah, pineapple juice. And
1: if I remember correctly, it was either gin or vodka, creme de violette, maraschino liqueur. So it's kind of a play on like a, an aviation with lemon juice. It was either lemon or lime juice and pineapple.
2: Yep. And so I'm actually thinking about... Actually, I think I need to do this tonight. Tonight's... Yeah, I got to do this tonight. Uh, we were with the head of our record label the other night. He mentioned really liking gin. And so I was I was thinking I might whip up one of my favorite gin drinks from Old Glory and, and kind of batch it up and give it to him as a gift. It was called The, uh, the Second Base. It was that gin, Aperol, simple, lemon, and it was, we had that Thai basil leaf garnish. Oh it yeah. So that one was so it was, good. It was, it was such a heavy hitter. Everybody ordered that. And that, that for me is a really good drink for someone who is, it can't really approach gin. Yeah. It, it was a good gateway gin drink hmm. for me. Yeah. So I might, I might batch that up tonight. I think I, uh, I think I might have all the stuff for it here at the house. So it'll be a fun project.
1: Yeah. You got to do it up. Uh, Well, let's, let's talk, uh, real briefly. So I've, I've had every guest on the show so far talk to me about like a misconception that, that TV and movies kind of perpetuate about bartending and bar culture. Do you have anything that you see like in movies or TV that just, that really bugs you, uh, every time you see it and you're like, that's not how it is.
2: Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I guess the biggest thing is people going up and going, "Hey, bartender!" Or like, yeah, like, th- that's yeah. just that's like, definitely with, one of mine. Uh-huh. Like the lingo of like, "Hey, bartender, drink here," or "Hit me with," a, and it's just like mm-hmm. so, like,
1: yeah. I've I've only ever had that happen to me once at a bar where somebody was like, "Bartender," and it's like, "Oh boy, that's not my name." <laughs>
2: yeah, like if if I ever heard that working, I would just feel like you're a dick. Yes, yeah. that's the first thing I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, there's just no there's no real world scenario where that is like actually acceptable.
0: Lan, is there one that you haven't yet complained about on this <laughs> podcast I so want, far? I haven't so far? I was just going to open the floor up for you to complain a little bit. Oh
1: yeah, okay. Well, here's the thing one that I one that I've always had is when when somebody walks up to the bar and says, "I'll have a martini," and there's no follow up. the The bartender is not like, "What kind of martini would you like?" Uh, and they just walk away. And and like three seconds later, there's a martini there, uh, and it's just like the idea that one, there were no follow up questions, and two, that it just appeared three like that the bartender walked up with it three seconds later because it's just, that's just not how long it takes to make a drink.
2: Oh yeah, um, what's the? I always think about this with martinis. I I don't like the drink. I, I don't even. Know how. <laughs> I literally don't think I've ever drank a martini, you know, start to finish. And I made countless martinis for people. And, you know, I'd make the the ones with the lemon twist with the, what'd you call it? What's that green stuff? Vermouth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was in the green bottle. It was dry yeah,
1: vermouth. Yeah, Dolan dry Not vermouth. Sweet. That's what we used.
2: Dolan dry vermouth that and the gin and do the doing the fancy little lemon twist i did those ones i did the dirty ones and i did the extra dirty ones for those girls and (laughs) i hated all of the martinis i I mean i could have never drank a martini but i would be serving them i thought that was so funny it's like what but you know what's funny too i can get up on stage and sing a song that i despise and it could be the biggest hit of my career
1: this is true this is true uh, tell me the song of yours that you hate the the most. Just the one you hate all so much. You don't actually have to oh, say anything. I want
2: like to be that. clear. I want to be clear. I definitely don't hate this song at all. I in fact love the song. It's mm-hmm. just that it stresses me out because it's the most difficult for me to sing. Mm. Is the song? Is the song that we just put out? It's it's so beautiful. Like the song is is we didn't write it, uh, and it, it was written by. These these three other guys that are friends of ours. One of them was is in Lady, Lady A, a famous country trio. They're amazing, and yeah, it, just singing the song for me is it, it pushes me. So, I definitely got to be on my toes with it. Yeah. Um,
1: what no, is now, Zach? Is that is that growing old with you?
2: It is. It's called growing okay. old with you.
1: Yeah. I was actually about to plug that. Everybody uh, check out, uh, well, check out Restless Road in general. They're great. And also check out Growing Old With You, their most, uh, their most recent release.
2: Thank you so much. Of
1: course. <laughs> of course. You think I'm going to have you on this podcast and not talk about Restless Road a little bit.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, I wish we could, I wish we could all get the group together and Restless Road could do a private little concert for,
1: for the old boy like, my- crew.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You got That's what I'm saying, though, you guys, I told you guys earlier, you got to come to our show in Austin this May. Uh, I've only been to Austin one other time. I went out for one night on the town. I couldn't tell you where I went, but (laughs) I went to a couple places and I was just blown away because it was so many young people. So many people were out having fun. It was just so lively. Mm -hmm. And there was all these different neighborhoods. And uh, yeah, I was just like, oh, I'd love to come back here and learn more about Austin.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I, I had not given you the news that I had moved from New York to Austin uh, and you gave me a call. This was a, a few months ago and you were like, Hey land, uh, you want to come to my show tonight in, in New York? And I was like, oh man, I would love to. I do live in Austin now though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was so bummed cause I really wanted to see you. So, so I, I can't wait to come see your show in Austin.
2: I was so shocked. Um, but you probably did tell me and I probably forgot it or something or I don't know. But It's fine. We all live very busy lives. We
0: keep moving around. Yeah. It's hard to keep up.
1: <laughs> we'll be in Austin for a while though. Yeah. Uh um Are you definitely are you enjoying it? You guys seem Yeah. Seem yeah. A- it's great. We, you know, we we moved from New York and like largely because of the pandemic we moved. It was mm-hmm. we were well we lived right across the street from the first covid death in new york city which was right across from the hospital super duper yeah so it was just right
0: there it was like it felt like just the weight of that was just like it was there yeah you could see it like honestly looking at our bedroom window like there were you could see the like ventilation pipes like they'd be like airing the the rooms out Mm -hmm. uh so it's just like, really, it was too real, I feel like.
1: Yeah. And and we were just like, we also, our apartment was falling apart. The, the shower was caving into the floor below yeah. it. And our super <laughs> was in denial about that there fact.
0: Said there is no way there could be water damage. And I was like, the floor is squishy. I'm like, like I feel like you never know the cost of a bathroom remodel until you start because you don't know what water damage has happened. So there could just be general water damage in any bathroom. You can't just say there's absolutely no way there's any water damage. Yeah, was like, like oh my they my I
1: watched them. Huh? I watched them do this project uh, in installing the shower, and there's no way that there's any water damage. It's like,
0: rubber cement.
1: Yeah, he's. I was like, he was like, oh, we just need to regrout it. And I was like, that's not how this works, man. <laughs> they
0: regrouted it like four times, and then and when then they finally, finally checked, the super was like, you need to check. And then he called me a couple days later and was like. Yeah, he was there, like, was Get a, this. there was a, a rotten board in the floor. <laughs> and so I was like, so I was about to fall through the, that that floor every time I took a shower. I,
2: I'm way ahead of you because our bathroom <laughs> literally the floor <laughs> rotted and there was a hole just just staring down into the dirt foundation mm. right next to the toilet. And uh, my house is 100 years old. It, it got it got we got sealed it all up now. But that's good. And it wasn't my wasn't my bathroom. It's my roommates, but yeah, it, it was it was completely. So I, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but, but all
0: of here. that to say uh, that's why we I moved. definitely yeah definitely was like I think Austin is like a phase, like it's a weird pandemic thing. But honestly, I'm not in a rush to leave. I've really enjoyed it. I love the sun. I love how warm it is. I love how kind the people are here. Um, we
1: fully bought into the Austin lifestyle, too. Yep. We have two cats and a dog. Uh, we got a
0: dog park. It's a whole yeah. thing. It's a whole thing. It's
1: great.
2: Sounds so fun. Yeah, I'm getting really butterflies. Move to honest.
0: Austin. I, everyone, I, everyone who's from Austin would scream at me for saying that you should move to Austin, I feel like. But
1: move to Austin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Move to Austin. <laughs> give, like give us like enough money to buy a house. That'd be awesome if anybody wants to do that. Uh, <laughs> let's get into the final segment, which is uh, uh, questions from quote-unquote listeners, because we still have not released an episode.
0: Future listeners. From future
1: listeners, the people who are my followers on Instagram. uh, And let's talk about the first one. It's a very important one, and I wanna hear your thoughts on it. Uh, From Eve, uh, Eve asks, how does one tip appropriately at a bar?
2: I mean, I always looked for the twenty percent.
1: I expected twenty percent or higher every time. Twenty percent—that's you heard it here. Well, you didn't hear it here first, uh, but but you heard
0: it everywhere. You heard first it everywhere for
1: so long.
0: One more time <laughs> for the people way in the back.
1: Uh, I always—I mean there there's there's different protocols in this different people uh different people think differently about this but like like some folks are like well i tip on the subtotal and other people are like i tip on the tax. i always just look at the final total i move the decimal over multiply that by two and Mm -hmm. round up because i don't want to do i don't want to do sense math i just round up to whatever i usually attack a couple extra dollars on there anyway uh, getting it to like 25 or 30%, but I'm in the service mm-hmm. industry, so I always want to make sure that pe- the yeah. other people that are serving me are taken care of. Yeah. But 20% well, is like kind of yeah. the minimum for me.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. 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 I, if if I didn't get 20%, I'd be like, what What happened?
0: Yeah. What and honestly, happened? tip more. Yeah. Like, I feel like the rounding up, like if you, let's say your tab is like, let's say you bought a drink or whatever, it comes to like $18. I'll just be like, okay, $20.
1: Yeah. What would it be four. for $20? That's 4
0: because that's easy because it's, you know, mm-hmm. two times.
1: Yeah. I always typically round to like that's, the nearest five and then, or not the nearest five, but yeah. like the greater five.
0: Yeah. And then so, tip
1: 20% on what that would be.
0: Round up. Uh, I feel like it's the appropriate way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know um, your conversation with care about there being. Yeah. A, thing I know at Roosevelt Room there's a one, $1 per person thing like I feel like if there's any extra charges for like healthcare or like safety of workers don't complain about it
1: yeah yeah don't I mean we're jerk. all just like <laughs> these are these are rough times and we're all just doing the best we can to to make sure that like yeah. owners of bars are just doing what they can to take care of people which is which should be nothing but applauded at this point because mm-hmm. this it's so easy to take advantage of people as a bar owner uh, because you don't have to pay your people a living wage, and it is on the guests of whatever establishment that you run to pay people's wages in a mu- in a very direct fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know any any effort that a bar is making to like support their staff should should only ever be applauded.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, we're always we're always looking for that twenty percent. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna be like oh you know like fifteen is always like oh man like. Mm. Get with the times, but...
0: Uh, you should tip as much money but, as you can. But,
1: yeah, I mean, you decided to go out, tip appropriately. It's part of it, in the United States, at least. Uh, if you're not in the United States and you don't have tipping, uh, what's that like? Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool <laughs> if we didn't have to rely on tips. But, yeah, that's, that's the long and short of that one. Uh, and then I've got one more for you, Zach. This comes from Dylan, uh, who asks... Do you care what someone does with their garnishes after you hand them their drink?
2: <laughs> uh,
1: why'd you mess up my flour?
2: Um, I guess if they just take it out, and th- I guess it would be annoying to me only if they take it out and like throw it on the bar. And so there's just like a piece of orange j- peel just sitting on the bar, or, like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? To take something out, like that would be weird. Yeah. But I, I don't know if I'm really. I mean, if it's olives and you eat the olives, or you eat the cherry, or you—I I, I don't
1: know. I,
0: if you don't to, eat the cherry, what what's are you doing? That's a—that's a free snack.
1: I'm always so confused when people don't eat their cherries or their olives. I'm just like,
0: why did you order you're, that? Yeah, <laughs> that's delicious.
1: It's your drink, not mine. You know, that's so. true. Uh, but that's—that's kind of how I feel too. Is as long as you're not like making a mess then then you can kind of do whatever you want with your garnish like if it's uh, if it's a nice lemon twist and it's resting on the side of or like on the rim of the glass and you want to stick that in your cocktail great if you want it just completely out of the way and you've got like a napkin or a coaster that you want to put it on that's awesome that's fine uh yeah. i mean definitely don't like toss it on your bartender's mat or like mm-hmm. on on the the bar top if there's nothing to like protect the surface that it's on uh but if you've got like a barrier between the garnish and the bar top. Mm-hmm. Then I think that it's absolutely fine to do whatever you want with it.
0: Yeah. Also, because I hate when garnishes hit my nose. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest pet peeve. So I feel like a lot of times I have to like hold the garnish while I'm taking a sip. For sure. Um, which I know, like with your your drink on the that you're. Talking mm-hmm. about earlier has like flowers in it which adds such a lovely aromatic um
1: but it can get component
0: the but they it was kind of hitting my nose but i was like oh i want it in here because every time i take a a sip of the drink like i get this beautiful floral scent and it's wonderful and lovely but yeah it keeps hitting my nose so i didn't want to take it out but yeah it was yeah hitting my nose
1: yeah and and so like at the end of the day again like be considerate and don't like toss it somewhere where it's gonna like get something messy or something.
0: <laughs> throw it at your bartender.
1: But yeah, definitely don't throw it at your bartender's face. Uh, and if you do, just make sure like make sure you don't miss. Yeah. Uh, you know if you're gonna throw something, then you, you, know, you at tip l- at least have fifty
0: percent and walk out.
1: Uh, and use that as an excuse to be to be mean. Uh, oh, I tipped well. <laughs> I feel like there are people like that too, <laughs> which is wild to me. Like the folks who are like, well, I tipped like I've, ha- like, I've definitely had those folks who, who like come into the bar and are like extremely rude. Uh, <laughs> and then tip like, like 30%. And I'm like, what, what was the point of all this? Or there's like, that I that ever happened to you, Zach? Not that I can remember. Really? No. Yeah, no, that's happened to me a few times where somebody's like, somebody's just like extremely rude and then tips really well. And I'm just like, expecting them to stiff me and then it's like huh is this like is this a thing they do where they where Does they're this just, mean i'm the asshole <laughs> maybe
0: Or they're like i'm demanding and so i'll pay for that yeah legal, or, like i yeah pay I, for the service that i get and I'll i don't know such uh,
1: if, if this is something that you do listeners uh, first of all shame <laughs> on you but second of all
0: If you're mean and rude, send me like
1: I won't I won't publicly shame you, but like send me DM me if you want to create like a burner account and DM me so I don't (laughs) actually know who you are. That's fine too, but like I'm curious as to like the motivation behind that. And I think it's like very much boomer behavior. Yeah, Uh, it's pretty boomer think that they're even doing it, you know? They probably don't, but but like I feel like rudeness and bad tipping often go hand in hand. So it's very odd to me when someone is rude and then decides to tip well. Cause that, that just feels those. Or is two that things, just a flex? You're rude and then flex. you're like,
0: and I have money. <laughs> I
1: think you're onto something. No, I think you're on to something. Yeah. I think that I think it's just like a it's like a power thing that people do sometimes uh but zach you know what it has been so fun to have you on the on the show uh talking with you catching up a little bit it really has been too long uh before you go do you have anything that you would like to plug obviously we talked about restless road but you can plug it again
2: yes you know uh thank you all for having me uh yeah my my band restless road we just put out a new single called growing old with you uh it's been out for a few weeks now and it's you know, been amazing journey so far with the song. So y'all go check that out. We're actually going on tour as well. As I mentioned, the bar friends tour tickets are on sale right now at restlessroad.com. Bring your friends. We'd love mm-hmm. to meet you. And uh yeah, thank you all for having me on the show. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah of course awesome. it was, it was such a pleasure to talk to you, man. Uh, and yeah, definitely check out restless road. They're a great group of guys. Uh, and, Elise, do you have anything that you want to plug?
0: Um, I have a lot of stuff to plug. So uh, you can just find me on Instagram at Elise.Nye. I have a ton of different things in my bio right now. But the biggest thing is if you like listening to podcasts, I do have another podcast called World is Burning. It is about the climate crisis, but we try to make it fun and relatable. um, So if you're worried about the world uh, and it stresses you out, listen to this podcast, (laughs) make a drink, and then listen to my podcast. I have a vintage shop, which will likely be rebranded as Heist Vintage by the time this, this episode airs. Um, so if you like vintage, sustainable, uh, sustainable fashion, etc., cetera, uh, I, I'll have a good little little shop for you to check out.
1: Yeah. Uh, and as far as things for us to plug, if you have questions for us here at Bottle Episode, uh, you can email us at bottleepisodepod at gmail.com or DM us at Bottle Episode Pod on Instagram and if you have any uh if you have any uh, desire to see like a recipe for the for the cocktail uh, that'll be in the show notes and also we'll have a tutorial of that on uh Bottle Episode Pod at uh TikTok on TikTok
0: <laughs> bottle email us at bottle episode at bottleepisode@tiktok.com um <laughs> uh,
1: yeah Well, thank you all so much for joining us uh, at Bottle Episode. Uh, We'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode, another cocktail and another uh, wonderful person to talk to. Uh, We'll see you then.